have we been looking at the wrong calendar to see God's timeline? When we look at the Jewish calendar, do current events become more clear? Today I have Mark Bills joining me on the show to share some incredible information about how the Jewish calendar influences our economy and so much more. For access to today's entire show, become a subscriber at endtimes.com for only $7 a month. And I also want to remind you of my new book, Look Up. It's available now and just visit the link below to purchase it. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans, and I'm honored today to have joining me again on the show, Mark Biltz. He is the founder of El Shaddai Ministries in Washington State. He's a best-selling author of many books, including Blood Moons, which brought incredible revelation to the church about the world in the end times. He's also a well-known and popular commentator on the biblical feasts of the Lord. Mark always brings a fresh perspective on Bible prophecy in the end times. And today we're going to be talking about his book, God's Daytimer. And Mark, it's great to have you here. Oh, it's so great to be here. All the way from Washington State, that beautiful place up there. So it's good to have you here. Well, thank you, Jimmy. It's so great. Well, you've got so much incredible revelation. Now, I mentioned the book, Blood Moons, so and we're going to be talking about that some. But uh, I remember that just shook the entire church world. I mean, when you read in Joel 2 about, you know, the moon turning blood and, you know, the sky growing dark and all that, the sun not giving its light, you brought new meaning to that because we didn't realize that was talking about lunar eclipses. So that it was a phenomenal revelation. So we're going to talk about God's daytimer. And let me just begin by asking the question, why is being on God's calendar so important? Well, I think one of the main reasons, if you're familiar with, everyone's familiar with 1 Chronicles 12, 32, to be like the sons of Issachar who understood the times. Right. We need to understand the times. In Genesis 1:14, God said he created uh, the sun and the moon, number one, for signs, not light, not mm-hmm. heat. It was for signs. Mm-hmm. And then it says for seasons, days, and years. Well, here's the thing. The, we know we're not going to use the Mayan calendar. That kind of everyone was scared about that. We're not using the Muslim calendar. It's based only on the moon. We're not to use the Gregorian calendar because it's only based on the sun. Right. And Genesis 1.14, God said we are to use the sun and the moon. And so the biblical calendar is what God uses. And then what the, the problem is our English when we hear the word seasons in Genesis 1.14, we think of winter, spring, summer, right. fall. Right. But that Hebrew word is moed, which means an appointed time. So God has appointed times on his calendar uh, for when he's going to intersect with human history. Right. Uh, they were also called holy convocations, the festivals, which literally means a dress rehearsal. Wow. Now, do you want to be at the wedding of the Messiah? I do. Then we need to be at the dress rehearsal. <laughs> do you want to be at the coronation of the Messiah? Right. Then we need to be at the dress rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, we need to understand those things. Uh, so it's phenomenal to me when you understand even Messiah's life, all the things that happened. Uh, you know, the, one of the most horrible things that affects marriages is to have a child die. Right. Oftentimes there's a divorce right. or something yeah. happens when the child True. dies. And that's the horror, most horrible thing to happen. But you know what? God, the Father, said, look, I'm going to determine what day my son is going to die. I'm going to determine what time he's going to die. And I'm even going to determine what songs will be sung at his funeral. Wow. So he had King David write the funeral hymn a thousand years before he even came. And then from Moses all the way to Messiah, 
every year they did the dress rehearsal of killing the Passover lamb. Uh, And that's when he died, was on Passover. Now, you remember in the Gospels, it talked about they sang a hymn before they went over the Mount of Olives. I know the words to the song they sang. What is it? It's Psalms 118, the Hallel. Psalms 118 is the final song on every Passover. Wow. So right before he was betrayed and rejected, what are the words, some of the words in Psalm 118? This is the stone the builders have rejected. It's going to become the headstone of the corner. Wow. And then the following morning, they sing Psalm 118 three times on Passover at nine in the morning, the time of the morning sacrifice, at noon, and then at three in the afternoon. Wow. So what happens? At nine in the morning, and Josephus says there were a million Jews that were king during the time of the Messiah. And so there's a million member choir all singing Psalm 118 at nine in the morning. And what are the verses they're singing? Here Yeshua is being tied to the cross. He's being bound. At the very moment, the high priest is binding the Passover lamb to the horns of the altar. And then what are they singing? The last verses of Psalm 118 is, bind the sacrifice to the horns of the altar. So Yeshua's hearing all these people singing, bind the sacrifice. At the very moment, he's being bound. At the very moment, the Passover lamb's being bound. And then at noon, think about this. That's when the lights go out. The sun turns to darkness. And I can just see all the Jewish people, you know, a million of them, all of a sudden, well, they don't need their hymn book (laughs) anyway. But here Messiah is now up on the cross. He's lifted up between heaven and earth. Well, they're singing Psalm 118. The right hand of the Lord is lifted up. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. And then at three in the afternoon, what happens? This is the very moment the last Passover lamb for the nation is slain. It's the very moment Yeshua is slain. And they're singing Psalm 118. This is the day the Lord has made. Wow. You know, it's That's so, incredible. Well, yeah. How could, what are the odds? But, but you're, you're saying the calendar, God's calendar determines those things. Everything. Everything yeah. that happens that's significant happens on God's calendar. Just like, uh, and this was important to think about. Do you believe God's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Absolutely. If he fulfilled all the spring feasts to the day, to the hour, he died on Passover. He was buried on unleavened bread. He rose on the Jewish feast of first fruits. And then Shavuot, or Pentecost, most Christians don't even know the Jews have been keeping Pentecost for 1,500 years. And what did Peter say? Well, these guys aren't drunk. It's nine in the morning. That's the time of the morning sacrifice. So even it happened. Well, if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if he fulfilled the spring feast to the day, he'll fulfill the fall feast to the day. Right. And they have to happen in order. He can't rise from the dead until he died. Right. <laughs> He's yeah. not going to, you know. So, so, so the, the time that we're living in now, we have not seen any of the fall feasts fulfilled yet. They all are fulfilled uh a little bit partially. Right. What I mean by that is uh, most Gentiles look at things linear. In the Jewish view, it's more like a uh, slinky. <laughs> you know, think of yeah. it as you're looking, you repeat circular, but it's at another level. So right. you see it differently. Because I believe in one sense that Yeshua was literally born on the Feast of Tabernacles. He tabernacled among men. And I right. can prove that in the Bible. You know, and then, of course, in John 7, uh, it was at the Feast of Tabernacles, you right. know, when he spoke that thing. So there's multiple fulfillments. So, so we're about to see 
the, I don't know if it would be the final fulfillment, you know, yes. the, the, esca- the end time fulfillment of uh, trumpets. Yes. Of uh, the Day of Atonement. Yes. And of tabernacles. Exactly. That's why you hear trumpets all through the book of Revelation. Yeah, exactly. And there are seven trumpets. Could each trumpet happen on a different year? Oh, wow. I mean, so yeah. do we have to look at things not just a one-time fulfillment, but every year it could be when one of the trumpets are blown. Well, so the, let's talk about uh, the Feast of Trumpets for just a minute. So you believe, I know that you, I've heard you say before, you believe that, that the fulfillment of that will be the rapture. I believe there will be multiple fulfillments because also at the very end, the trumpet will be blown. And uh, then at the end of the millennium, there, the books are opened again. There's another resurrection right. of the dead. Right. So there, but I believe that the Feast of Trumpets is when the resurrection of the dead will take place. So the, the, let's talk about, uh, you're talking about economic cycles that are tied to God's calendar. Definitely. And some people focus on the Shemitah year, but actually what's more important is the first year of the next Shemitah cycle. Right. And uh, you look at all of the stock market crashes over the last 20, 30 years, they all begin at the end of the Shemitah and the beginning of the new cycle. Right. So this would be, now we're living in right now a Shemitah year. Is that correct? The Jubilee year. Jubilee year. Last year was the Shemitah year. And this is Jubilee year. This is the Jubilee year. And what do you think is significant about that? This is huge. When you look at gears, separate gears that are all moving, this last Rosh Hashanah, all the gears lined up. It was the first year of a new Shemitah cycle. Okay, and that is the Feast of Trumpets. Right. Well, then Yom Kippur is when you declare the year of Jubilee. And so Yom Kippur was fulfilled, okay, with the year of Jubilee being proclaimed. Then tabernacles, every seven years you read in Deuteronomy, I believe 29, is the Hakel. Now the Hakel is when the king of Israel's responsibility was to gather all of his people together to hear the law being read. So here you have a new Shemitah cycle, trumpets being fulfilled in one sense, it's a new seven-year cycle. Right. Yom Kippur being fulfilled, it's the year of Jubilee, the Hakel. And so, and then the events that have been happening, you know we're supposed to know the time and seasons. Right. Well, the big earthquake that happened in Turkey, you know, that just happened uh, on what is known as the 15th day of Shabbat. And that's huge because that's the year of the trees. It's when God is watching to see who is bearing fruit, what people are, what nations are. And it was on that day in Turkey, which is the center of Africa and Asia and Europe, where all the tectonic plates are. Here we have this major earthquake, 7.8. And uh, in research, I found out there was another major earthquake of 7.8. The same year World War I started. Wow. You know, so I believe this is also a war cycle. Because the 67-year war happened the first year of Hashemitah. The 73-Yom Kippur War happened the first year of Hashemitah. Wow. Uh, You've got uh, the Gaza War, the first Intifada, uh, the Quartet began. I mean, it's all, it's a war cycle. It's an economic cycle. uh, And there's earthquakes that are tied to all of that as well. One one of the things that really fascinates me is these things don't happen by chance. Exactly, and and you're you're saying exactly. when you go to God's daytimer, God declares the end from the beginning. 
Oh, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. That is the key. He declares, you know, uh, we, we don't have time to really show it on this show, but I can show you in Genesis 1, 1, the first word declares everything that happened from the beginning in Hebrew. The very first word of Genesis 1, 1 tells you all about the Messiah going to die. Wow. Yeah, it tells you everything about it. And I can even show you the, the timing of the first and second coming of Messiah in Genesis 1-1 in Hebrew. Good grief. Yeah, it's all there. It is all there, especially in the first word. So where, where do you believe that we are right now on God's calendar? Because this being a jubilee year, it's a huge deal. Yes. Well, there won't be another one for 50 years. Exactly. And that's why this is so significant. Yeah. I have a list. I haven't showed you this. This is every Shemitah year and every Jubilee year all the way back to creation. Wow. And people can get it for free on our website. Go. go. Tell, what is your website? Tell everybody. ESM.us. Good. We have so good. much stuff free. You just go to where it says resources, go to handouts, and you can go down to the letter S Shemitah year. But for example, here we are right now in 22, 20, every square is seven year cycle. Right. Okay. So here's 2022 to 2023. Uh, and it goes to year from 5783 to 5789. That's the seven years. The 2022 goes to 2028, 2029. Uh, but that's how I have this chart. I show where the blood moons occurred. Uh, but you see, we became a nation, okay, in 1776. Well, guess what? That was right before a Jubilee year. It so happens wow. in 1776. Wow. That was the right led from a Shemitah, from a Shemitah year to a Jubilee year. Wow, that's incredible. But I go through and I have all the a lot of the key events on here in history. Well, I would encourage you to go on that website and get that. So the you said on one of our shows and people have just been talking about this ever since. So uh, you believe that the seven year tribulation is a Shemitah cycle. It has to be. If you remember, back in Leviticus, God commanded Israel to every seventh year, they had to set people at liberty. It was an economic. Right. This right. is where we get our seven-year bankruptcy law from. Right. Okay. Right. It was an economic reset every seventh year. Well, uh, so then what happens is now, as we look at the year we're at, we see we're entering a year of Jubilee. And so this last year was an economic reset. Uh, and in the book of Daniel, we know Daniel was Jewish, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so he talks about 70 weeks and there are 70 weeks of years where we get the 490 from. Right. Well, if it's 70 weeks of years, those are all Shemitah weeks. And the whole reason they went into captivity was because they didn't let the land rest that's the seventh right. year. Yeah. And 70 times seven is 490. So, uh, but that's why they had to spend 70 years in captivity so the land could catch up on the rest. And so we realize that is a Shemitah week. And therefore it has to begin the first year of a Shemitah cycle. And we are right now in the first year of a Shemitah cycle. So I believe if the tribulation doesn't start this year, it can't start for seven more years, which also gives us a relief after this year. We know we've got six more years of work to do. Right. We have much more from Mark's interview, including what he is seeing in the current birth pains that are happening in the world and connections between earthquakes and the rapture. To become a subscriber, visit endtimes.com and join us for only $7 a month Along with the rest of today's interview, you'll get access to all of our End Times articles, shows, and teaching.
Join us at endtimes.com today. 